Hello, this is Lori Koppelman. Thank you for joining us for the 10th episode of the Clutter Chronicles podcast, One Woman's Journey Through Stuff. Last time, Mary moved some shit out the door from her vintage clothing collection. In today's conversation, we hear more about this momentous clear out and what makes someone worthy of receiving her precious stuff. It's Lori. Mary and I are back in my dining room. We're going to keep our conversation going. Confessions of a recovering hoarder. Hi, Mary. Hello. <laughs> so um, we've been talking a lot about your journey and what's been helpful to you. And you recently had an epiphany that we talked about. We're celebrating. Um, I wanted to ask you about going into therapy. You've mentioned a therapist. You've mm-hmm. mentioned that it's been really helpful to you. And again, this is personal, Mm -hmm. and so if I cross the line, you just tell me. Um, Did you decide to go into therapy because of your hoarding tendencies? Did you not, and it's come out in the course of that, that that's what was happening? Uh, I mean, that was what was bothering you. I'm not sure how to phrase this question well. Um, Why did you go into therapy, Mary? There we go. Well, it's kind of interesting because um, I have I have seen counselors or therapists, and they've intrigued me for a long time because I I went to school to become a counselor, so of course it was always my interest. Oh, okay. And I always knew that it would be good for me to talk to someone. Um, in the past, uh, it would only take me one or two sessions for me to basically decide, hmm, that person can't handle what I need to tell them. Oh, so really? yeah, there were a lot of a lot of people that um, probably if they had no clue that I was a hoarder was I mean I wasn't I wasn't ready to talk about it then so they, it, that would be when it would have been revealed in a session. So what happened is I um, I couldn't handle it anymore and I went to a therapist specifically for the hoarding. And maybe the OCD was what we were focusing on. And he was very helpful. And this is before I got married. Um, side note is my, my husband, I think, he never really said it straight out, but he was kind of waiting for me to uh, get rid of my stuff before we got married. Mm. And I joke that he married me anyway. <laughs> this <laughs> poor <did>. guy <laughs> gave up and married me anyway. So um, I made these efforts. And I would go, and we'd talk about it. And um, at that time, um, we agreed to call everything I had product. We were trying to keep it positive. And it seemed logical that I had this much stuff because I had recently closed the store. But I wasn't really delving into the real nitty-gritty of it. And then, fast forward to 2014, I... um, I had to empty my dad's house, which is what I grew up in. So he'd been in there in 45 years of all our family Mm. stuff. It's a long time. Yeah. And you said everyone kind of had a tendency to To cut a whole pack rack. Well, when we had relatives that didn't have kids, so then they were pack rats and they kept stuff and they handed it to us. So we had multiple generations of stuff. It was kind of like this is where everything came. And it doesn't mean other 
family members didn't have stuff that was given to them when they died. It's just that we had gotten that grouping, and we don't know what to do with it. And, of course, we delight in some of it. It's not all bad stuff, but um, anxiety skyrocketed. I, I was just like... What I learned in my sessions is that when you are high anxiety, you cannot make decisions. And that's exactly what I was in the midst of. I was incapable of making little decisions, let alone big ones. And I was able to focus on my dad's house to sell it because I had ground zero to bring all the stuff to. It all ended up in my garage. So here the garage was just starting to look better. I was starting to get rid of my stuff. And then... I, with my inability to make a decision at the time while we're packing, it all by default came to my house. And the garage was so full by the time, I'd say May, that this is a two-stall garage. I don't know. It's pretty, it wasn't huge, but it's, it's a big garage. I would open up the garage door, and in order to do anything... You have to pull stuff out. You cannot freely walk. There's no paths. There's no space. It is packed like sardines in there. And so there's that embarrassment of the neighbors seeing me. There's the embarrassment of my husband knowing that I'm open in the garage and I'm embarrassing him. There's all these things that are coming at you while you're trying to do the right thing. And on top of it, I have the grieving of having to go through stuff of my mom's. Um, I'm sad that my dad had to move, move the house. Um, my my husband said at one point, you know, one difficult thing on you is that your parents lived in the same house for 45 years. That added to your inability to let go. He, he's very right on mm-hmm. that. And so um, it it was like I was back to square one here. Here I'd made all this progress, and, and now I'm, I'm stuck. So... Um, I kept hearing on this radio station I listened to about this therapist. And I had written her name down in February and would lose the notes. (laughs) And I'd rewrite her name and I'd lose the notes. And I'd be driving and I'd be like, oh, can you remember the name? And finally, um, I think it was September of 2014, around then, I uh, called and got in. And she's the first person who I've ever gotten this far with and it's because I mean it sounds really uh strange but one of the first things she asked me for was who are my favorite saints and who's died who could be praying for me Hmm. so that's what we started with and I and of course mom she's right there helping me Hmm. she got you pegged right away I know (laughs) Exactly. But what's interesting is I, I came to her and I, I was pretty feisty. And I said, listen, I have suffered from depression all my life. ADD all my life. I don't care. I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about why am I stuck. I want to get rid of stuff and I can't get rid of it. What is holding me back? And that was has been her approach. She has just been diving in to what is a barrier, what is, what is it that I'm fighting with each decision and each, um, each step. And 
one of the things I learned from her is that if you think of like a um, bell curve, so there's the bottom, the top, and then the bottom. Mm -hmm. And anyone who has any kind of um, compulsion or, you know, alcoholism or anything that they're um, turning to too much. What happens is, like, it's, you're going along on the bottom, everything's fine, something bad happens, you have to go way up at the top of that bell curve and then somehow make it to the other side and know you're okay. And what she said is things that I was OCDing about, like picking up trash on the side of the road, um, those are shortcuts out of that bell curve. Like it's like I don't wanna I don't wanna get to the top. I don't know what's up there. And I don't I've never made it to the top and then on the other side to find out I'm okay. And so it's like I would take these shortcuts and that's what alcoholism is, that's what shopping is, it's what any kind of compulsion is, is to avoid the inevitable. Mm. But what happens when you're trying to avoid that huge pain, the the t you know, the top of the pain, is you also don't learn from it properly and you don't survive it and then you don't go through it so what what we've worked on is past pains and then have kind of gone through it so even though it's something that happened 10 years ago 20 years ago whatever it still has effect on you mm -hmm. and it's almost like you're replacing your memory like you're utilizing what you know now Versus what you knew when you were ten, oh, right? And it 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 doesn't have room for both. <laughs> uh huh. So, it's it's been quite a transformation, and it is definitely an onion peel. So, there's been real awareness um, about the changes in me that I wasn't even anticipating. Like a, a good example is that. If I need to meet her early in the morning, there's that anxiety of the the drive, um, the traffic, being late, um, what if it rains, all these things. And those things used to be enough for me to just collapse. I'd be like, I don't want to even go. But I'd somehow go. But to get me from my house to that appointment was excruciating. Mm -hmm. I, by the time I got there, I would be all rattled. And this summer... Um, it turned out where I could meet her at 7.30 in the morning. That's pretty early. Mm -hmm. And I've been able to leave my house by 6.30 with no problem. It's been so strange. Mm -hmm. And that's after I've taken my dog for a walk. <laughs> yeah. So there's these barriers that... It's not that I'm, oh, here's a barrier and I need to get through it. They're gone. Wow. So I don't even need to... So anyway, that's like a... A side, you know, like a, what do you call it? Like a door prize? <laughs> Party favor? Party favor. <laughs> For the work that I've been doing uh -huh. on the hard stuff. Uh-huh. And it really has... It's reverberating yeah, out and out and right. out in your life. That's a good, a good way to say it. Yeah. So therapy has been instrumental oh. in your process. Absolutely. Yeah. I wonder... And you're talking about yourself, mm -hmm. of course. Um, do you ever think about other hoarders and helping them? I mean, that's part of what we're trying to do with this is share your story and, and 
hopes that it will be helpful to others. Yeah. Would that be your advice to other people? Oh, absolutely. I'll be that advice for anyone. Mm -hmm. Because it just helps you to see what it is. It's, 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 it shines the light on things that you'll never see on your own. I mean, it's, it, we, we sometimes can do that for each other as friends, but sometimes it's a little too much to ask. Mm-hmm. Like it's a little too heavy. And, uh, it's, I mean, I don't know. I, I can't imagine making any of this progress without someone with me on the on the journey in this way. And it sounds like you needed to work yourself through several people. Right. That that yes. was part of it. Right. That and you have to give yourself permission for that. Right. That there might be someone that you don't click with. Right. And you know what? When I went to the guy right before her, I was not ready either. So... Right. You just never know. Right person at yep. the wrong time for you. Yep. How did you know you were you were, you were ready? Have this, you said this? Well and I'm I think I was so desperate. You had gotten yes. to the proverbial bottom. Yep. I when I went to her I um I was see I would say when I went to him I just said I had a hoarding problem, I don't know what to do. And we we kinda looked at um you know the general stuff you'd look at. But when I went to her, I said, I don't want to waste time on ADD and, and all this st- stuff I think is unrelated. Yes, I have these problems, but I, I really almost feel like the hoarding's causing those. It's just really strange. Mm. So it's, it's a, it's, you do get to a point where you're chicken and egg and you don't know what's right. what. Right. So I think it, well, keep in mind that when I had these realizations, this is after I got zapped by the Holy Spirit, so it probably had nothing to do with any of my thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> I just needed to to um, respond. Right. Do you want to say any more about being zapped by the Holy Spirit? It's, or... a, it's a tough one because it's a long story. Uh-huh. Um, but... In a nutshell, um, uh, I should I should say I'm, I'm a Catholic, and I've always been one. But I call myself an awkward Catholic. I never quite understood what everything was that was being taught to us, or what it meant, or why. And um, my niece uh, asked me to be her confirmation sponsor, and I thought, uh oh. <laughs> Um, I figured I'd get my act together. <laughs> and so... You need to be worthy? Yes, to be worthy. And, um, of course, this is, this is when I'm, you know, still struggling. Not... I mean, I thought I was making some progress with my stuff, but I'm still spinning my wheels. And, and um, I don't know what came over me, but one day I just decided to go and get this journal. And I wrote in a journal... I want to do something different. I mean, I don't remember the wording of what I wrote, but it was kind of like, okay, God, I give up. I, I don't know what you're trying to tell me. I, I don't know what I'm supposed to do, but something's got to change. And uh, and I was focusing on my stuff, 
with the idea of I need to shape up for her. So, you know, of course, my stuff didn't matter for confirmation, but I kind of sensed that the two were related. And um, I kind of think I gave an opening where I opened my heart a little, and uh, the Archdiocese was giving out these free books, uh, Rediscover Catholicism, and I don't read. I'm too ADD to read, but I grabbed them. I grabbed a book, and I remember thinking, who gives out free books? You know, here's the hoarder that... (laughs) (laughs) So you know what I'm saying. (laughs) Ed spoke to me. impact on me and I was just kind of curious what was going on and I used to be really involved in in church when I was younger and it kind of had a a a memory from that and um then they started having these these talks and uh I decided to go because I wanted to see what the archdiocese was up to I was like what are they doing they're giving free books you know who are these people and so I went to this first talk and uh I was just blown away by how many people had come to this church and I walked in and I ran into a friend of mine I hadn't seen in 10 years and we picked up where we left off and she says Mary come sit with me and turned out if it weren't for her I would have been in the spare room with the you know the tv oh so I got to be up at the front and um that is a big crowd it's a big crowd and um, I remember thinking, look at all these people. I didn't even know there was this many people in in our archdiocese, let alone this church. And what is going on? And, and the priest came out, and he's one of my favorite priests, and he spoke. And I just had chills, and I was just, like, so excited about the next talk. And I can't remember if it was a week away or a month away or two weeks away. So we decided we would be back the next talk and I come to the next talk and I'm all excited because I know who the priest is and I'm thinking oh my gosh all these people get to hear these great priests you know they get to hear my favorite priest and and I'm just looking at all these people who need to hear what he has to say and um, I'm taking notes and I'm listening and he starts to talk about um, how uh, the world began and about creation from the beginning to now. And he talks about that um, there's this spiritual um, battle that's been going on since time began. And that when you go and get baptized, the Lord is crossing on your forehead. I'm doing this cross on my forehead. You're mine. And when he said that, I got zapped by the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit. It was the most powerful. I was shaking, and I was looking at my friend, and I was like, what just happened here? And it was like everything that I had learned about God, about Jesus, about everything, made sense. So it was like, I mean, I was like, who am I? <laughs> what is going on and what do I do? And I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, um, uh, what, what, what's the next step? And now what do I do? And they said, um, 
after the talk. You know, the guy, the author of Rediscover Catholicism, those books you got, he's on Relevant Radio at this time, and you should tune in and you should listen to him. And so I was like, I'm not listening to Relevant Radio. I have nothing to do with that, but maybe I could handle one hour. So I started sneaking one hour here and there to listen to Matthew Kelly, who is this fantastic speaker. And then I started saying to myself, you know, my friend has these... um inspirational CDs and I wonder if they ever have inspirational CDs about God you know duh yes they do and I went to like the third talk they had four of them all together and they said oh and by the way we have some free CDs free CDs in the back that you can pick up it was like they're reading my mind it was Mm. so bizarre so I just started listening and I'd say Matthew Kelly uh, what what he does is he he really helps you understand your purpose in life and that you're here for a reason and that God wants you to become the best version of yourself and it just resonated with everything that I was going through mm-hmm. and it's about um, reading good books about um, being aware of your community, about um, reaching out to others. I mean, this whole thing, and it's just a different focus than stuff, 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 mm-hmm. stuff. And um, it was the, it, it opened a world to me that I just had been um, running from my whole life. Mm. <laughs> in a big way. Yeah. Running from and it opened right. up. Right. Both. Right. In a big way. I don't think I've ever talked to anyone who's been zapped by the Holy Spirit <laughs> in a in a moment that you can, I can remember pinpoint. and define. Yeah, yeah, pinpoint. And what's really interesting is there's recordings from those talks, so I can hear that talk oh. and replay it. Oh. And I have notes. <laughs> <laughs> that is really incredible. Yeah. yeah. So that zap opened you up to wanting to go to therapy. Yep. And take a look at this seriously for the first time. Because obviously being where I was, there's a point here I want to make. I don't want to forget this. But being where I was, I was not being the best version of myself. Mm -hmm. And um, what's interesting is there is a part of me that wanted to be a better wife to my husband, a better daughter to my dad, um, a better prayer, you know, all these things. And there was part of me that thought, well, when my house is clean, then I can do that. Mm. When's that going to happen? And the irony is, it's not until I let everybody in, number one, God, for me to make any change. I mean, it's like I I had it all wrong. I had it all backwards. And and in actuality, God doesn't even care that I'm a hoarder. If you it weren't getting in your way. Right. right? And it wasn't getting in my way. Obviously, he wants me free, but um, I had I had my goals misguided. And I it was pretty radical to, to let people in while I'm in the midst of being in disarray. I wanted to be in order. Mm-hmm. And then then they can love me, or then I can love them. 
Then I'm lovable. Then I'm lovable. And and the the reality is, you start right now. You're lovable. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's great. <laughs> it's a great story. It's a, it's a great truth. It's not a story. Yeah, I mean, it's a story, right, but right. it's the truth for you of yeah. what has been really, really important in this. Yeah. Absolutely. That's a great place for us to end today. Good. We'll keep talking. Okay. Thank you. Yep. And that ends today's Chronicle. It's not a show without the music and engineering magic of Michael Koppelman. Find out more on his website at lowlife.com, L-O-L-I-F-E.com. Thanks to you for listening, for being part of this conversation, and supporting our work. We really appreciate it. You can find us on Twitter at ClutterCron, as well as on our Patreon site. We hope to see you again to find out what happens next on Clutter Chronicles.